0: The following sermon is from Evangel Temple Youth Ministries. For more information about how you can get involved, please visit etchurch.org forward slash youth. So hey, we're jumping into a new series. Nine to five. Nine to five, it's going to be a three-week series that we're going to be looking at. Um, And really what I want to talk about in these uh, next three weeks... Will just be our our work ethic. Uh, nine to five. You guys get the, whatever you call it, the phrase. Um, this is this is work. Nine to five. You know, nine in the morning till five at night. Um, but. As you're going to see, this is this is so much more than just those who have a job, okay? Um, if I did a show of hands, who has a job? You know, some of you guys. And then say, who of you um, go to school, right? And then more people would be raising your hands. And all these different things. Um, you have to put effort in a lot of things you have to do. Everybody does. And so um, we're going to be talking about that. So even if you don't have a 9 to 5, um, as the saying goes, this definitely applies to you. Because we're just going to be talking about just pouring in, exhorting effort into what we do as Christians. And so, um, but... Because it is the phrase 9 to 5, I started thinking, you know, what? Uh, I thought back, all the way back to when I was 15, uh, right? My first job. This was, like, my first, like, you know, getting a paycheck, pay stub, you know, like, this was, you know, I worked for my dad. He had a company, so I helped him out, you know. But this was my first, like, job, job, okay? 15, my parents drove me to my job um, every day, and so... I was like, well, what could I share about my first job to them, what I was doing when I was 15? And I'll be honest with you, actually, I was quite terrible at my job, um, and I'll show you how, or I'll tell you how. Um, I did lawn care. Bashir's Tree and Lawn is what they what the title was, and so um, Isaac, uh, I know a little bit of lawn care, too, and so we've talked, And but I remember my first summer doing lawn care, and I... To show you how horrible I was at this, okay, I was like, whenever you start at the bottom of the totem pole um, with, with, like, yard care and stuff, like, they just say pick up a weed eater and, like, you know, just weed eat, try not to scalp it, not, like, digging down into the dirt, right? Just cut the grass as best you can with a weed eater. So they just give you a weed eater. So I was trying to do that. Well, I was weed eating this, like, big hill with all these other guys, weed eaters, and so there's like five of us, six of us, and we're like closing in, you know, because we have to weed eat all this, so we're just waving our weed eater back and forth, taking up all this land because the mowers can't get up on this hill, so it has to all be weeded. Anyway, all aside the point, we're like closing in, okay, all like five of us here, each waving our weed eaters around. We start closing in, and we get to this point where it's like, you know, just a little space, and so we're all like, you know, just coming up, and we're going to meet. Um, I was really like excited, you know, ambitious, you know, I'm, I'm like, this is my first job, and Oh, it's still just like, I remember Jeff's face. Jeff, his, his name was legitimately Jeff. And I remember his face when he looked up at me whenever I just got a little too close to him. And the weed eater string, was long enough, just wrapped around his ankles. And, and at that point, it like climbs. Okay, this thing, this weed eater has a mind of its own whenever this happens. So I'm weed eating, wraps around his ankles, and it's like, and like goes all the way up his leg and uh, like climbs up his leg. And Jeff just looked at me like... I'm gonna kill you. So um, I remember that. I was like, "Wow, I'm really horrible at this job." Uh, Story gets worse. I'm not gonna go into it a whole long time, but story does get worse. Whenever I um, didn't learn my lesson, weeding my own house that same summer, barefoot. I was also a soccer player. Um, I liked playing soccer, and so I, I was like, you know, I, I could probably multitask, juggle a soccer ball. That's where you're just keeping the ball up from the ground, right? Um, barefoot, juggling a soccer ball while weed-eating the side of my house, okay? Well, instinct catches in whenever the ball, you kind of lose control of the ball, and then you like, don't even think about it. You just reach out for it for you with your foot. Um, well, I did, and I, I jeffed myself, and so um, I, it got both my feet. And Sarah will attest to it. Um, if you ask Sarah, I had, um, like, cuts, like, I was bleeding multiple places from just like where it just wrapped around my foot, and we're talking about work. That's what you know. That's that's the whole point of that, um, and that was my first job experience. So, pretty fun. Um, anyway, we're talking about work more than just like having a job, though. Like I said, we're talking about work ethic, putting in effort to what you do, whether it be schoolwork. Okay, everyone, no one's off the hook here. Um, schoolwork, jobs, all these different things. We're going to be talking about work ethic and. Um, and just really exhorting energy. Uh, two things I want to make a note of, though. Whenever we start off here, two things that I just want to say is one: not all work is glorifying to God. Okay, just a foundational base level thing. Um, doesn't matter how much effort you put into it. Being a con man, a thief, right? You're not going to bring glory to God. Okay, no matter. Doesn't matter how hard you work at it, how great you are. Like you are the world's most passionate thief. Okay, uh, not all. Not all work brings glory to God, okay? So only whenever we're talking about, you know, do all that you can in the roles and responsibilities you have. Do all that you can to glorify God. Um, know that I'm not talking about those responsibilities that don't glorify God, okay? Um, only talking about ones that actually are good to do, okay? I feel like I just need to lay that out there. And then the second one. Everyone is capable of glory, glorifying God in some form of work. Everyone... Um, everyone does something from the nine to five hour or even beyond that, right? Everyone's doing something. And so we're going to be talking about while you are giving in your all, right? Um, not being half-hearted or lazy, whatever, all, all these different ways to describe it. Really just exhorting as much passion and energy and effort. That's what God, called, God has called us to do in the things that we do. And so um, that's what we're going to be talking about. Specifically, the next three weeks. These, this is really just kind of giving you an idea of what uh, this week, next week, and the week after that will look like. Okay? So, a little precursor. This first week, uh, work as worship. We're going to be talking about how we, when we work, we're worshiping God. It's, it's a bringing glory to his name, we are are working, and in doing so, doing what he has called us to do, um, using our efforts, our abilities, all these things that God has given us to now do that work, we are, in turn, worshiping him, right, because of all that, so work as worship, uh, work as a witness, when we do that, we show people um, what, how Christians live the appropriate call to work, right, Christians are called to a high standard of um, working, we'll talk about that. So work as a witness to other people watching us work. And then the last one is working independency. This one's a little bit of a hard one, um, but I want to talk about it because uh, maybe some people have heard of the term Sabbath, but not many people practice it or even know how they would practice it if they were to practice it, right? Like this whole idea of taking rest, um, taking a break from, and really the whole premise behind Sabbath, rest, um, Christian resting, right? Right? All that, you look at Jesus, or Jesus, God, um, whenever he created everything, the seventh day, what he, he did what rested. Um, and really, we do that to show that as we work, our efforts that we do put in, those six days, it's all independence upon him. And so we show that while we're just not working just 24-7, constantly cranking out all that we you know, can do, like, we, we stop and we recognize God is really our source of our energy and power um, and he always will be, and so working, dependency. Those are the three weeks we're looking at, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. This is the first week we're talking about work as worship, okay? And so uh, if you have your Bibles, um, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 6. If you don't, I have a couple. Does anyone, you just want to raise your hand and say, I don't have one, but I'd like one. Um, you can keep it forever, like, not just keep it. You know what, you can, but it's up to you if you don't want to. That's fine, too. Anyone else want one, really quick? Our gift, okay? Ephesians 6, okay? Um, it's going to be up there on the screen. But precursor, before we look at this text, before I get to the next slide and you see what it's going to say, even the first word. The context of Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is talking to the church in Ephesus about um, all these different groups of people and how they can serve one another and ultimately serve God. So he, he addresses um, a husband, a husband. How do you serve your wife? He, he, he addresses the wife saying, hey, this is how you serve your husband. This is, um, and he, he talks to children, this is how you serve um, your parents. Because a part of, if you have parents in here, everyone has had parents, right? There is a expectation um, to honor them, to love them. Um, and really that's part of this. It's a role that you play. And so there's an expectation of how you work in that role as a son or a daughter to a parent. And so he addresses that. Um, But then he also, in verse 5, addresses slaves. So I just want to say this up front. This is not Paul or the Bible at large condoning slavery. Okay, It's not saying we support slavery. It's saying Paul is recognizing a bunch of groups of people. And in his time, also in today's age, in this world, slavery exists. And so he wants to address the slaves. So he's not condoning, he's not supporting. He's saying, look, I recognize that you are in slavery. So let me talk to you. Okay? That's what this is. And so I just wanted to put that out there so there's no confusion. There's just clarification. Um, So verse 5 is what we're going to be looking at through verse 8. Short little text here. um, But he says, Slaves, Obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with a sincere heart just as you would Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor, when their eye is on you, which by the way, who knows what that's like. If any athletes in here? Just raise your hand if you're not. Okay, any people that was an athlete when they were four years old because their parents made them play a certain sport. There's probably a little bit more hands in there. You played a sport when you were younger. Um, I think almost all of us. It. It's a universal human nature thing. When the coach isn't looking, you go uh, you start walking, right? That's your opportunity to really catch a breather, right? Um, and then whenever they start looking at you, you're like, <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, that's what this reminds me of. Sorry, I get sidetracked, ADHD stuff. Um, so, obey them, right? Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart or from the heart. Different translations say, serve wholeheartedly with all that you have. As if you were serving the Lord, not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or they are free. So I never never like to just get to the end of a sermon and you're like, Whoa, that was his main point. I had no clue. You totally slapped me in the face with that. I was not expecting it. So um, I just want to throw it out there right now. This is what I'm trying to say this entire sermon. All that I'm saying here wrapped up into one sentence. A Christian... If you're living a Christian life, if you would profess that Christ is your Lord and Savior, he's your everything, a Christian should work hard primarily, number one reason, to worship God. Well, see, there's so many other reasons to work, so many other reasons that you would just do all that you can to just exhort energy to, right, pay the bills, that's something. Um, but a Christian, more than any other reason, should work, should put their effort forth in school, should work at being a good son or daughter, a loving parent. We should work at all these different things. Whatever roles, responsibilities you have, we should work at them the best we can primarily to worship God, okay? And that's what really I want to talk about this entire um, sermon here. So let me just look jump back at Ephesians 6 and show you how I see that in this text. Okay, I'm not just throwing out what I think and just tacked on a, a little text in the Bible to show it. Okay, This is really what I think Ephesians 6 is showing so much. Okay, so it says, um, he's addressing slaves, obey dot 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 just as you would Christ. Obey your earthly masters with, with respect and fear. You know, Obey them, yeah, but do it just as you would Christ. Serve, obey, work, As for Christ. So you're doing it as you were serving Christ. He continues obey them, dot, 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 as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. So obey them not only to win their favor, because that is something, right? We want to work to um, make our parents proud of us. We want to work to um, make, you know, whatever, people uh, like us. Like that's a legitimate thing, right? Um, you, You do your best you can to gain favor in different roles, right? But that's one thing. But he says, obey ultimately as slaves of christ you're slaves um, I, i recognize that but work as you're a slave of christ okay that is really the ultimate reason why they should be working their motivation to work it keeps going okay serve wholeheartedly with all you have give everything you got as if you're serving the lord okay that's pretty that's just about as clear as it comes right serve them as if you're serving the lord that's their motivation to work Uh, He continues in that same sentence, serve, the same sentence, because you know that the Lord will reward. You'll get a a reward for doing this. You'll get a paycheck, yeah. Um, But the ultimate reason is serve wholeheartedly because, not those other incentives, but because the Lord will reward. And so we see in this text that really the ultimate reason for a Christian, regardless of what role you have, whatever responsibility you have, the slave or the... um, The husband and the wife in the text before, the children after, whatever responsibility it is, whatever we have here, whatever roles and responsibilities in in this diverse room um, are represented. If you're a Christian, they ultimately should be to worship God, just to give everything. Like, God, you've given me this opportunity. God, you've given me the ability. God, you've given me the passion. You give me, and so now I'm not going to just give it half heartedly. I'm not going to just doing what I can whimsically, like I want to give all that I can because I want to thank you and I want to worship you for what you've given me, okay? We work ultimately, we work hard at what we do, at a sport if you're an athlete, ultimately because we want to worship God and thank God for what he's given us. Um, That's just, you know, going back to my job with with Bashir's tree and lawn. Phyllis and Sharon in the office, okay, that was their names. Um, I could, you know, work and, you know, get a paycheck, but they wouldn't know whenever I'm out on the job Um, I mean, we would do, like, full neighborhoods, okay, like, from Elm Street, 10 streets down to Washington Street, okay, like, so I mean, I I would, we would split up at the beginning of the day, and I'd see these guys at the end of the day, and we would meet up somewhere in the middle, Um, and so I could just, I could hang out behind somebody's house, you know, and just hang out on Facebook for a while, Um, I could, because I'm serving them, and, you know, the owner, uh, Ronnie, he wouldn't have known, but ultimately, I'm serving God, and I want to work hard, at what I'm doing because, not only because Ronnie, Sharon, Phyllis, because God, because I'm a Christian, I want to serve God with all that I have, so I want to work hard, even when no one's watching, when people are watching, ultimately, it's because I want to serve God. And so, for the rest of the time that we have here, I want to talk about how in the world do we do that? How in the world do you, do I, work the best that we can, the best that we can, to love God, To worship God, to make it a means of glorifying God and to lift his name up. So um, really i got two things, two two ways in which I think this text shows that we can put our efforts forward, our best foot forward to worship God. Um, The first one is really your perspective, how you view the role, the way that you see your responsibility, whether you're an athlete, okay, so just a picture with me, whatever job you have, if you actually have a job, there you go, summer job, school, I know many people don't like school, right? Um, Your your sport, it can get exhausting, I get so much, playing club, whatever, um, I've got so much and you just can kinda get, I'm sick of this, right? But I think how you view, or what your perspective is of that role or responsibility, either allows you to or hinders you from worshiping God. I think if you're super bitter about being a student, like, I'm so sick of high school, I'm so sick of school, it really hinders you from being able to do it in such a way that's worshiping and lifting up God, right? I am I'm sick of my parents. I can't stand my parents. I'm not saying that, right? But if that's the person, right? The perspective, it really harms you from being able to obey and to be able to honor them in the way that you should, right? Your job, I'm so sick of doing this, I'm ready to work at a better job, better pay, I don't want to work here, and that's all you're thinking. It probably hinders you from being able to do the best you can in that job. So, really, I think one, how do we worship God in our roles and responsibilities? It's to assess how we how we even look at it, how we view it. Uh, Paul, in this in this text in Ephesians 6, if you still have it open, uh He addresses slaves okay i know that you know it's hard to be a son or daughter sometimes it's really rough to have algebra too um but he's addressing slaves here and yet he still tells them you have you have a couple different times here verse five work with a sincere heart work with a heart that's genuine sincere and then in verse six working from your heart work unto the lord from your heart, from, from your passion to do well. And then in verse 7, do it with a good will, with, with the best will you have. Work hard. I think really our perspective, our view of work can sometimes hinder us from being able to worship God in all that we have. And the roles and responsibilities that we have it can hinder us from being able to worship God in all that we do i think we are called regardless of what you're what you're involved in regardless of what your responsibilities are whether you're a slave a literal slave or something else i think he's called all of us to see our responsibilities our roles as avenues of worship of means to worship an opportunity to worship god and to give the best that we can Right, But sometimes our bitterness, our uh, frustration, our exhaustion in these roles and responsibilities keep us from doing that. But really, Paul is saying, you know what, see it more than just like, oh, I don't want to do this. See it as an opportunity. See it as a way in which now you can say, God, I, I worship you. I think just in general, okay, speaking generally, the Bible addresses more being able to endure hardship honorably than how to get to the next thing. Like this is is how you can practically get to the next thing because you're really sick of this one right now and let's just get to that. I think so much more the Bible talks about how to endure hardship, difficult times, things that you don't like, roles and responsibilities you have that you don't want to be in, how to endure that, how to persevere through that honorably in a way that loves him. I think it really does address that so much more. A lot of the times we can't, a lot of times you can't control what roles and responsibilities, things do you have in your life? You can't control those things um, if they're in your life or not. But you can control your perspective in them, your perspective of them. Right? You can't control if you're son or daughter. But you can see, but you can change your perspective of how you're going to love them or honor them anyway. To be the bigger person if they've wronged you, which they very well could have. I mean, that's a possibility, but perspective either hinders you or enables you to use the role or responsibility that probably is going to be in your life, regardless, to worship him or not. So that is one of it. Your view, your 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 understand, your perspective what God has in your life right now. And the second one is how hard you work at it. Once you understand like this is how it's going to be and I want to see it as an avenue of worshiping God rather than see it as just this this is tough and I don't like this. This is all I just want to think about. I just, I want to go to the next thing. Um, once you would established that, you know what? I'm going to see this as a way that I'm going to worship God. Then just work the hardest that you really can in it. Work the hardest that you can. And I think many times we see our, Whatever it is, fill in the blank, whatever you have that you have to do, whatever it is that you do on a daily basis, a regular basis, you go to school, you, 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 you actually have a job, you have a sport, whatever it is. I think a lot of the times, if you see it as an obligation, again, it goes back to the, the perspective of it. If you see it as an obligation that has to get done, rather than an opportunity to, to worship God, then now you are hindered from worshiping God. But if you see it, I want to use this as a way to worship him, then you actually work hard at it. It's my understanding, it's my belief, okay? Get this, I, I really do believe this. It's my belief that Christians, if they see work as worship to God, the God that gives them everything, the God that is their everything, God that is their life, if they see it as a way to worship God, get this, I think Christians should be the hardest workers in the world. I think Christians should be the most passionate workers. Christians should be the most passionate in their schoolwork. Christians should be the most passionate and most driven, most motivated people in anything that they do. Right? Because that's the one difference between a Christian and a non-Christian. In the workplace, in school, whatever it is, whatever the responsibility is, you can have an electrician, okay, just throw it out there, electrician, and a Christian, non-Christian, and they could both be just as good at the job, they could do the job just as well, they know the same techniques, they do everything the same, right, everything the same, and it's very possible, very well be the case that the uh, non-Christian does a way better job than the Christian, right, right just more talented, uh, all that. But I think if the Christian sees it as worship to his God that he loves and serves, he should be so much more driven to work hard at it. He should be so much more driven to just do all that he can for it because it's worshiping God. Right? That's my belief. That's what I see. To be a biblical stance, do everything you can with all you have to give it all out there because it is worshiping God. And really I think how we do that is You set your mind on the cross. You set your mind on Jesus on the cross, and you think about what that means, and you, and you meditate on that. Because I think when you see how severe, how intense, how important the cross is, what he did, that Jesus Christ, God himself, came down, lived a perfect life, a life that we couldn't do, to where now he was willing to die on our behalf, die the death that we deserve, because we're we're horrible people, every single one of us, okay, myself included, so I'm not trying to like jab fingers here. Uh, Jesus lived the life that we couldn't, died the death that we should, because he loves us so much. He endured all of that. When you think about that, man, I'll do anything, everything that I'm doing. i to just do it for you because I, I worship you, God. I thank you for that. I'm just so thankful that you would do that for me. But whenever you're desensitized to the cross... Whenever you just think, "Oh yeah, Jesus, yeah, Jesus died for us." And that's it. Well, no wonder you're not passionate about working hard as worship to him. I think we have to be so sensitive, so aware of what the cross means for a Christian. But if you're numb to it, it's not surprising that you're numb to worship. Because that's why we're worshiping, right? That's why we're worshiping. So I think we really need to set our minds on the cross. How amazing is it that Jesus Christ would die for us because he wants eternity with us, because he cares about you. He was willing to die because he loves you to where now he can spend eternity in heaven with you. Man, I just want to give it all to you. I just want to give everything to you. I want to live the best way that I can to to just love you. I want to use the gifts that you've given me to now live for you. I want to use the uh, skills and the passions that you've instilled inside of me to now. I want to give it all to you. I want every single bit of that to be used in such a way that it's just giving it to you. Because you've done so much for me. Our lives, our work now is in response to how great God is. And that includes the workforce. That includes your efforts in school. That includes how you treat one another. It includes how you put your foot forward in anything and everything, right? We're going to go into a time of um, of response. And so this is really just an opportunity for you to be able to um, just process through this, think through this. Um, We we have social time. We have corporate worship where we're just singing together. We have a message. But then we also have time where you get a alone during a few songs of worship and just really spend time thinking. So if you guys would, um, if you're new, this might feel a little weird, but if you guys would all stand with me. And now, even weirder, the feet actually have to move. The feet have to move. Would you guys just spread out um, throughout the room? If you guys would just spread out throughout the room, wherever you want to go. Wherever you want to go. You can go to the corners of the room. You can go wherever you want in this big, Big room. I got got two things real quick. I want to talk to two groups of people, which will be everybody, which will be everybody, okay? One, if you're a Christian, if you're in here and you'd say, yeah, I, I profess the name of Jesus. I love that. I want to live for Jesus Christ, that I say that I am a follower of him. I will do everything in my life for him. He is my everything. I'm a Christian. If that's you, I would say, I just want to ask you to maybe think, spend the next Two songs, I think, is what we have. Next, two songs, just thinking, do I put everything I have and the responsibilities I have, the roles that I have, do I put everything I've got to just worship Him, to give it to Him? Do I work hard in the roles that I have in my life right now? Do I work hard at them? And not only do I work hard at them, but why do you work hard at them? What is your greatest motivator? Is it a paycheck? Is it because you want people to like you? Is it because you feel obligated? Is it because you feel like you have to because you're not getting out of the role anyway? Or is it because you want to give everything to Jesus Christ? Those are questions I want you to maybe think about in the next few minutes. If you're a non-Christian, if you're somebody like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I... By the end of this, I don't, I, I don't, know. I don't, really, I don't really know. If that's you. I just want to invite you in the next two songs just to think about the cross and what we profess. So that I believe that Jesus Christ loves you so much, loves me so much, that he would come and he would die a, a death that we deserve because for no other reason he loves you And he wants eternity with you. There's no other gain that he has from dying, okay? There's no other gain that that Jesus gets from, from having agonizing death other than receiving his own glory. He wants a relationship with you for eternity. And so I would just ask you to maybe meditate on, to think about the cross. And then from there... Maybe how you would just shift all of your lifestyle, all that you would do to now say thank you. and all your actions and all the things that you do, how can I say thank you and just worship him in response to how great he is and how much he loves us? How could you work hard as a response to Jesus dying on the cross for us? We hope you enjoyed this sermon. If you're not already a part of the ET family, We invite you to join us on Wednesday nights. For more information, visit etchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.